Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And today we're talking about season five, episode three, called Free to Be You and Me. We start out at the Great Plains Motel. Sam is asleep in bed. He wakes up and rolls over, and Jessica is in bed with him. We haven't seen her in a hot minute either. I know. What, since the first season, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Was this, was the seat, bleh, bleh, was the episode that we saw her standing on the street corner, was that That in was in the first season, season. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the last time we've seen her. I think so, too. She says, hey, babe. Oh, no, we did see her in that other episode where Dean is under the, like, gin spell, remember? And he, in his... Mm. Gin hallucination. Yeah, with Sam it's and like what Jessica would have happened together. if they weren't. You know, like right. mom's alive, dad's not, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the last time we seen her. Yeah. She says, "Hey, baby, I missed you." Sam says, "Jessica, I'm dreaming." She says, "Or oh, you're not. What's the difference? I'm here." Sam says, "I miss you so much." She takes his hand and says, "I know. I miss you too." What are you doing, Sam? He says, "What do you mean?" She says, "Running away. Haven't we been down this road before?" Sam says, no, it's different now. Last time I wanted to be normal. This time I know I'm a freak. Jess says, which is all a big ball of semantics. You know that. Even at Stanford, you knew. You knew there was something dark inside of you. Deep down, maybe, but you knew. Baby, that's what got me killed. Sam says, no. She says, I was dead from the moment we said hello. Don't you get it? You can't run from yourself. Why are you running now? Sam says, why are you here, Jess? She says, would you believe I'm actually trying to protect you? Sam says, from what? She says, you. Sooner or later, the past is going to catch up to you like it always does. You know what happens then? People die. Baby, the people closest to you die. Sam says, well, don't worry because I won't make that mistake again. Jess says, same song, different verse. Things are never going to change with you, ever. He single man tears (laughs) and Jess disappears. Which That's usually kind of, we see the single man tears from Dean. I know. This is a good one. <laughs> I'm glad that he was moved to tears. But she was being kind of, you know, not very friendly. She's kind of like almost, well, I mean, okay, if you're listening to this, you've already watched the episode. So she's kind of almost like being the quote unquote devil on his shoulder. Right. You know, right, like right, literally yeah. on his shoulder, just like, hey. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, yeah. So we get our opening title sequence. We cut to one week earlier. Sam is dropped off at the Great Plains Motel. We cut to Dean, who puts a long knife in his jacket and then goes into the Taft Memorial Hospital in Greeley, Pennsylvania. We cut back to Sam burning all of his fake IDs in the motel sink. Dude, you might need those. Why are you burning them? It's probably, you know how, okay, for me... It's like, okay, how much time and effort have I put into making these things? Like, right. I wouldn't burn them based off of that principle alone, even if I was never going to use them again. Exactly. Like, the only way I would burn them is if I had to. Like, if somebody was, like, going to find out something terrible, you know, or, like, right. they were going to find them and it was going to cause trouble sort of yeah. thing. Like, then, okay, burn them. But still, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> we cut to Dean, who's showing his fake ID to a hospital employee. Dean says, I'm Detective Bill Buckner. The dude says, yes, how can I help you, detective? Dean says, I'm here about those patients, the exsanguinated ones. We cut to Sam working in a bar. Cut back to Dean, about to kill a vampire. Dean says, eat it, Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get a montage of Sam cleaning the bar and a waitress eyeing him. We also see Dean cleaning up after his vampire kill. We cut to Dean at his motel sink, cleaning his jacket. Suddenly, Cass is behind him. He sees him in the mirror and startles. Dean says, God, don't do that. 
<laughs> Cass says, hello, Dean. <laughs> Don't do that. Hello. <laughs> hello. Dean turns around and they are very close to each other. Dean says, Cass, we've talked about this. Personal space? Cass says, my apologies. And he takes a step back. <laughs> Dean says, how'd you find me? I thought I was flying below the angel radar. Cass says, you are. Bobby told me where you were. Where's Sam? Dean says, me and Sam are taking separate vacations for a while. So did you find God yet? More importantly, can I have my damn necklace back, please? Cass says, no, I haven't found him. That's why I'm here. I need your help. Dean says, with what? A God hunt? I'm not interested. Cass says, it's not God. It's someone else. It's an archangel. The one who killed me. His name is Raphael. Dean says, you were wasted by a teenage mutant ninja angel? (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Cass says, I heard whispers that he's walking the earth. This is a rare opportunity. Dean says, for what? Revenge? Cass says, information. Dean says, so what? You think if you can find this dude, he's just going to spill God's address? Cass says, yes, because we are going to trap him and interrogate him. Dean says, you're serious about this? Cass says, yes. Dean says, so what? I'm Thelma, you're Louise, and we're just going to hold hands and sail off this cliff together? Cass looks very confused. (laughs) Like, what is this you speak of? Yeah, what does that mean? (laughs) Dean says, give me one good reason why I should do this. Cass says, because you're Michael's vessel and no angel will dare harm you. Dean says, oh, so I'm your bullet shield? Cass says, I need your help because you are the only one who will help me. Please. That kind of tugged at my heart a little bit. Yeah. He's like, I'm desperate here. Please help me. You are are the only person in this world who will help me. Mm -hmm. Dean says, all right, fine. Where is he? Cass says, Maine, let's go. Cass tries to touch Dean's forehead, but Dean says, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Last time you zapped me someplace, I didn't poop for a week. We're driving. <laughs> so we cut to Sam at work. The female waitress is playing darts. Uh, her name is Lindsay. To Sam, she says, Keith, you play? Sam says, that depends. What are we playing for? She says, world peace. Sam says, oh, is that all? <laughs> she says, can I ask you something? Sam says, shoot. She says, you finished that crossword puzzle in the kitchen. Sam says, I guess so. Why? Lindsay says, the New York Times Saturday crossword? Sam says, was it? Lindsay says, uh-huh. You blow into town last week. Don't talk to anybody. You're obviously highly educated. You're like this. Oh, no. You're like this. <laughs> You're like this. You're like this. You're like this. Sam says, riddle wrapped in an enigma wrapped inside a taco. <laughs> Lindsay says, here's what we play for. When Wait I- a minute, taco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, when I win, you buy me dinner and tell me your life story. Sam says, sounds fair. Sam plays and gets two almost bullseyes and one actual bullseye. Lindsay says, very mysterious. <laughs> then Sam... Ooh la la. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I don't like this girl very much. And I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to, because all she does is, like, pry and pry and pry, and it's irritating yeah, to me. I don't... If she wasn't... Okay. I don't hate her, but I also don't like her. Yeah. You know, like she she's annoys annoying. me. Yeah, that's she's what annoying, it. but she's not like. I don't think I like. I don't hate her simply because she's. I think she's doing it out of like just curiosity and good intentions. Right. Exactly. Like she just truly wants to get to know him, whether it's because she finds him cute or just intriguing or whatever. Yeah. Like she just wants to get her co get to know her coworker. Like, fine. You know. So I don't like. I don't know. I, I don't really feel one way or the other about her. Mm-hmm. She's kind of annoying, but it's not like so annoying that I don't like her. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I I actively don't like her, and it is because she annoys me. Oh yeah. yeah, she's prying too much. 
when Sam is clearly not interested. Yeah. That so that's why I think if Sam was a different way towards her, yeah. like acted interested back, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Or at least trying then to I carry pro- the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. If Sam was doing that, then I'd probably feel differently about her. Yeah. But mostly I'm just annoyed. <laughs> um, so Sam hears the news playing on a TV. It says, freak hail, lightning strikes. Lindsay says about Sam's win, I like it. Did you notice that at the end when Sam's watching the TV? She's like, very mysterious. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> so the news report says, uh, now fire consuming... Now fire consuming the town of Holly tonight. New fire? Now fire? I have no idea what I wrote there. Hellfire? Uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what it said. <laughs> Locals say what started the torrential hailstorm late this afternoon suddenly turned to massive lightning strikes. That triggered the fire, now consuming more than 20 acres here along the Route 17 corridor. The bartender turns the TV off and says, damn, it is... Mm, is it me? <laughs> I thought that said Mercedes. <laughs> Is it me, or does it seem like the end of the world? We cut to Dean and Cass getting out of baby. They're in Waterville, Maine. Dean says, we're here, why? Cass says, a deputy sheriff laid eyes on the archangel. Dean says, and he still has eyes? (laughs) All right, what's the plan? Cass says, we tell the officer that he witnessed an angel of the Lord. Then the officer will tell us where the angel is. So, like, duh. Yeah. (laughs) Dean says, are you serious? You're going to walk in there and tell him the truth? Cass says, why not? Dean says, because we're humans, and when humans want something really, really bad, we lie. (laughs) Cass asks, why? Dean says, because that's how you become president. (laughs) It's not wrong. (laughs) I know. They walk into the precinct. There's some cops standing around. Dean says, Deputy Fremingham? Hi, uh, Alonzo Mosley, FBI. And he holds up his fake FBI badge. Dean says, this is my partner, Eddie Moscone, also FBI. Cass finally pulls out his fake badge and holds it upside down. <laughs> Dean fixes it and says, yeah, he's new. Mind <laughs> he doesn't pl- even budge either. He just takes it out of his hand and puts it in there, and he just stands there just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoops. <laughs> whoops. Dean says, mind if we ask you a few questions? The deputy says, yeah, sure. Talk here, though. And he points to one of his ears. He says, hearing's all blown to hell on this one. Dean says, that happened recently? The deputy says, yeah, the gas station thing. That's why you're here, isn't it? Dean says, yes, it is. Do you mind just running us through what happened? The deputy says, well, call came in, disturbance out of the pump and go on Route 4. Dean asks, what kind of disturbance? The deputy said, says, would not have believed my eyes if I hadn't seen it myself. We're talking a riot, full scale. Dean asks, how many? The deputy says, 30, 40. An all-out, killer-be-killed combat. Dean says, any idea what set them off? Cass says, it's angels and demons, probably. They're skirmishing all over the globe. <laughs> the deputy says, come again? What did he say? Cass says louder, demons. <laughs> Dean says nothing. Demons, you know, drink, adultery. We all have our demons. <laughs> right? So Cass. I know. <laughs> so much seriousness. <laughs> the deputy says, I guess. Dean says, anyway, what happened next? The deputy says, freaking explosion, that's what. Oh, they said it was one of the underground gas tanks, but I don't think so. It wasn't your usual fireball. It was, uh, Cass says, pure white. The deputy says, yeah. Um, what does that say? (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. Gas station was leveled. Everyone was, it was just horrible. Then I see this one guy kneeling there, real focus-like. Not a damn scratch on him. Dean says, you know him? The deputy says, Donnie Finnerman, mechanic there. Dean says, and let me guess, he just vanished into thin air. The deputy says, uh, no, Kolchak. He's down at St. Pete's. Do you know who Kolchak is? No. It's, uh, um, 
He's from some old movies, and they made it into a TV show, Kolchak mm-hmm. and the Night Stalker, I think. I actually mm-hmm. own them. It's <laughs> sort of, um, it's like this reporter who investigates supernatural things. Uh-huh. So, and it's, um, I can't remember what decade it's in, but it was before it, like, kind of inspired the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably, you know, not old, old, but. Like, late 70s, early 80s, I think. Yeah. Maybe mid eighties. I Older. can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Old enough for me not to know when it was. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they're pretty good actually. I can see how they actually inspired the X Files and this show for sure. Yeah. I think didn't Eric Kripke say that when he was first um trying to convince the network to let him do a TV show that they were originally journalists? I think they were journalists. I don't know. And not related. And the network was like, no, that's not interesting. He's And so Kripke was like, well, what about two brothers? Mm-hmm. And pitched the show as it is. And mm-hmm. they were like, yes, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, the deputy says, uh, no, Kolchak. He's down at St. Pete's. Cass says to Dean, St. Pete's. Dean says, thank you to... <laughs> Dean says, thank you to Cass. Cut to St. Pete's. The Raphael vessel is in a room acting totally out of it. Dean and Cass watch him through a window. Dean says, I take it that's not Raphael anymore. Cass says, just an empty vessel. Dean says, so is this what I'm looking f- looking at when Michael jumps my bones? Cass says, no, not at all. Michael is much more powerful. It'll be far worse for you. <laughs> Cut- no tact. Yeah. Good to say I'm doing some computer research. He picks up his phone and scrolls down to Dean's name and his contacts, but he calls Bobby instead. Bobby answers, still in his wheelchair. Sam says, hey, Bobby, how you doing? Bobby says, well, I ain't running any marathons, but I'll live. Where are you? Sam says, uh, Garber, Oklahoma. I found a town up the road showing some revelation omens. Bobby asks, what omens? Sam says, all right, listen to this. And upon his rising, there shall be hail and fire mixed with blood. Bobby says, well, ain't that delightful? Sam says, yeah, but we already got hailstorms and fires. I'm guessing blood can't be too far behind. Bobby says, okay. Sam says, Bobby says, okay. (laughs) Sam says, what? Bobby says, there's a reason you're calling. Sam says, Dean didn't tell you? Bobby says, he told me. Sam says, yeah, well, so I thought you might want to find out who's in the area and put a man on this. Bobby says, okay, let me see if I can think of the best hunter who might be in the immediate vicinity. Oh, that'd be you. He's so sassy. (laughs) I know. Sam says, I can't, Bobby. I'm sitting this one out. I got to go. I'm so sorry. Bobby says, hold on. But Sam hangs up. Bobby and Sam both look super emo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut to Dean squatting in an old house. Okay, I said that really weird. He's not physically squatting like <laughs> the position you put your body in to get something off the floor. He is squatting as in staying in a place where he shouldn't be. Okay. I mean, he probably squats at some point. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know. Cass appears and Dean says, where have you been? Cass says, Jerusalem. Dean says, oh, how was it? Cass says, arid. He puts a jug on the table. I know. He puts a jug on the table, and Dean says, what is that? Cass says, it's oil. It's very special and very rare. Dean says, okay, are we going to trap Raphael with a nice vinaigrette? Cass says, no. Dean says, so this ritual of yours, when's it got to go down? Cass says, sunrise. Dean says, tell me something. You keep saying we're going to trap this guy, but isn't that kind of like trapping a hurricane with a butterfly net? Cass says, no, it's harder. Dean says, do we have any chance of surviving this? Dean, uh, Cass says, you do. Dean says, so odds are you're a dead man tomorrow. Cass says, yes. Dean says, oh, well, last night on Earth, what are your plans? Cass says, I just thought I'd sit here quietly. 
Dean says, dude, come on. Anything? Hmm? Mm. Booze? Women? Cass looks uncomfortable. Dean mm-hmm. says, you have been with a woman before, right? Or an angel, at least. You mean to tell me you've never been up there doing a little cloud seeding? <laughs> like, oh boy. <laughs> Cass says, look, I've never had occasion, okay? Dean says, all right, let me tell you something. There are two things I know for certain. One, Bert and Ernie are gay. <laughs> Two, you're not going to die a virgin. Not on my watch. Let's go. (laughs) We cut to Sam's bar. Some hunters walk in and approach Sam. One says, hey, Sam. But Sam ignores them because Lindsay is watching. Lindsay says, Sam, what happened to Keith? Sam says, what? Lindsay said, he called you Sam. Sam says, yeah, Sam's my middle name. Lindsay says, Keith, Sam? And she laughs. She says, man, I'm sorry. One hunter says, well, actually, it's Samuel. So it's not quite as dumb as it sounds. Lindsay asks, are you guys friends? A hunter says, hunting buddies with his dad, but Samuel here is quite the hunter himself. Lindsay says, wow, you kill deer and things? A hunter says, yeah, and things. <laughs> Sam says, uh, why don't I get you guys some drinks? So we cut to the hunters sitting at a table and Sam handing them beers. A hunter named Tim says, sorry, didn't mean to bust you back there. Sam, uh, Sam sits down <laughs> and says, no, it's all right. So what's up? Tim says, well, Bobby called. You were right. Major demon block party going on. Sam asks, but why? What are they up to? A hunter says, don't know yet. Another says, Bobby told us you were off limits. Is that true? Sam says, yeah, that's right. Tim says, well, that's fine in theory and all, but we could really use all hands on deck here. Sam says, I know you could, but I can't. I'm sorry. One hunter asks, why not? Sam says, it's personal. Tim says, look, Sam, no offense, but uh, what baggage is so heavy it can't be stowed away for the freaking apocalypse, huh? (laughs) Well. (laughs) Sam says, like I said. A hunter says, you're sorry. Heard you the first time. Tim says, okay, suit yourself. More for us then, right? And they all get up, and Tim says, but hey, beers are on you when we get back. Sam says, yeah, you bet. The hunters leave. Lindsay says, so your parents were drunk when they named you, and you shoot Bambi. <laughs> Keith Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, it's a long story. Lindsay says, that is it. Enough of the kung fu wandering the earth thing. I'm going to buy you dinner, and we're going to talk. Sam says, Lindsay, I can't. Lindsay says, no. The only way to avoid bloodshed is to say yes. Because she's just trying too hard that it's pathetic, I feel like. Mm-hmm. She's, and if I feel embarrassed for her more yeah like she doesn't irritate me it's just embarrassing watching exactly exactly yeah it's like Um, okay he's clearly not interested like right he's not give up you know (laughs) move along find somebody who's interested so we cut to dean and cass at a strip club Dean looks really happy, but Cass looks very nervous. He looks terrified. I know, I love it. Dean says, hey, relax. Cass says, this is a den of iniquity. I should not be here. (laughs) Dean says, dude, you full-on rebelled against heaven. Iniquity is one of the perks. (laughs) Showtime. A girl comes over and says to Cass, hi, what's your name? Cass stares awkwardly at her rack. (laughs) Like, what do I do? (laughs) Dean says, Cass, his name is Cass. What's your name? She says, chastity. (laughs) Dean says, chastity. Wow. Is that kismet or what, buddy? Huh? Cass starts chucking his beer. Just like, ah! (laughs) Dean says, well, he likes you and you like him. So, deino. I I think I wrote down an interesting fact what that word meant. Because I don't even know if I said it right. I don't know. I don't remember. D-A-Y-E-N-O. Deino? Deano? I don't know. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So, she grabs Cass's hand and says, come on, baby. They start to walk away, but Dean stops Cass and says, hey, listen. He gives Cass 
he gives Cass a wad of cash <laughs> and says, take this. If she asks for a credit card, no. Now just stick to the basics, okay? Do not order off the menu. Sure. Go get her, Tiger. Don't make me push you. <laughs> Cass follows Chastity into a back room. So we cut to Dean having a drink with another girl. Suddenly we hear Chastity scream. <laughs> Dean goes to investigate and Chastity is yelling, get out of my face. Leave me alone. Bastard. Screw you, jerk. I'll kill you. She throws something at Cass's head, and she walks away by Dean and says, Screw you, too. God. Jerk. <laughs> Dean says to Cass, What the hell did you do? Cass says, I don't know. I just looked her in the eyes and told her it wasn't her fault that her father, Gene, ran off. It was because he hated his job at the post office. Dean says, Oh, no, man. <laughs> this whole industry runs on absent fathers. It's the natural order. Then a couple of security guys show up, and Dean says, we should go. Hi, Come uh, on. Let's run. <laughs> yeah. They go out the back door, and Dean starts laughing. Cass says, what's so funny? Dean says, ah, oh, nothing. It's been a long time since I laughed that hard. Oh, it's been more than a long time. Years. We cut to Sam and Lindsay having dinner in the bar. Lindsay says, so you're going to tell me who those guys back there really were? And don't say hunting buddies. Sam says, okay, um, we used to be in the same business together. <laughs> she asks, what business? Sam says, how's your salad? Lindsay says, uh, witness protection, right? You're mafia? Sam says, I'm not mafia. She says, okay, I get it. I don't mean to pry. My bad. She starts pouting. She totally does, though. She, and then she starts pouting about it. I know. It's like, okay, She's listen, like, I'm sorry lady. to pry. Pout, pout, pout. God, it, just, it is. It's super embarrassing. It's like, okay, clearly you are acting like a fool. Like, do, the thing that is most embarrassing to me is that she, I don't truly, she either gets that he isn't interested and doesn't care because she's more curious than, you know, what she has <laughs> space for. You know, like, she doesn't... She doesn't want to give him enough space mm -hmm. to, like... I don't know. It's just the curiosity, man. <laughs> like, okay, we get it, but give him some space. Also, clearly he's not interested. How do you not see that? Like, she doesn't seem like she's... Like, a cast where she just doesn't get social right. cues. Like, she seems to be fairly with it. And, like, usually if you're working in a bar, you kind of have to be. Yeah. You know? Right. Because, like, people. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, like, okay. She knows. She's just choosing to ignore. And it's embarrassing to watch. It's embarrassing. Right. So she starts pouting. Sam says, I used to be in the business with my brother. Truth is, I was pretty good at the job. But I made some mistakes. You know, I did some stuff I'm not proud of, and people got hurt. A lot of people. She says, what was your poison? Come on, you were hooked on something. I know the look. She pulls out a sobriety coin and says, three years sober. Sam says, you work in a bar. <laughs> she says, so do you. Look, Keith, I don't know you, and I'm the last person to be giving advice, but I do know that no one has ever done anything so bad that they can't be forgiven, that they can't change. Um, you can kill somebody. And that yeah. might not be very forgivable. <laughs> I mean, you can get forgiven, but you can't change anything about it. Right, right, right. Like, once you've done it, you've done it. And yeah. it's the same thing with even just saying anything. Like, if you tell somebody something, you can't take those words back. Right. You know? That's exactly right. Like, you could, the best you could hope for is that they'll forget that you said it, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the hospital where Raphael's vessel is. Castiel pours the holy oil in a circle around Raphael's vessel. Cass says, no angel can touch or pass through the flames or he dies. Dean says, okay, so we trap him in a steel cage of holy fire. But uh, one question. How the hell do we get him here? That's not what, did I say that right? How the hell do we get him here? There we go. Okay. 
I did say it right. <laughs> Kess says, there's almost, an open phone, there's almost an open phone line between a vessel and his angel. One just has to know how to dial. Kess leans close to the vessel's face and starts speaking in a different language. Then he says, I'm here, Raphael. Come and get me, you little bastard. <laughs> Dean says, just out of curiosity, what is the average customer wait time to speak to an archangel? Cass says, be ready. He lights the holy water, or the holy holy oil. <laughs> I put holy water. <laughs> he lights the holy oil uh, in a ring around Raphael's vessel. We cut to Dean and Cass arriving at the house they're squatting in. Cass says, Dean, wait. But they go inside, and there's Raphael playing with electricity. <laughs> Raph- like, he's not even, I mean, I don't know if he's playing with electricity or if it's, it's like, just the like power coming, emanating from him. Yeah, it's like coming out of him and mm-hmm. like weird spider legs. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> Raphael says, Castiel. Cass says, Raphael. <laughs> Dean says, I mean, I thought you were supposed to be impressive. All you do is black out the room. Raphael says, and the eastern seaboard. It's a testament to my unending mercy that I don't smite you here and now. Dean says, or maybe you're full of crap. Maybe you're afraid that God will bring Cass back to life again and smite you in you candy-ass skirt. (laughs) By the way, hi, I'm Dean. (laughs) He's so, like, he insults the people that could do him the most damage, usually. He does, yeah. Like, he doesn't bother insulting the people. I mean, he does, but, like... Not to the extent that he does things that could kill him. Yeah, you know? that's like, exactly right. Come on, dude. That's like a basic self-preservation. Right. Don't piss off the thing that's bigger and stronger than you. Right. <laughs> Raphael says, I know who you are. And now, thanks to him, I know where you are. Cass says, you won't kill him. You wouldn't dare. Raphael says, but I will take him to Michael. Dean says, well, that sounds terrifying. It does. But uh, I hate to tell you, I'm not going anywhere with you. Raphael says, surely you remember Zachariah giving you stomach cancer. Dean says, yeah, that was hilarious. Raphael says, yes, well, he doesn't have anything close to my imagination. Dean says, I bet you didn't imagine one thing. Raphael says, what? Dean says, we knew you were coming, you stupid son of a bitch. He lights a Zippo and drops it on the ground, igniting the circle of holy oil around Raphael. Raphael looks pissed. (laughs) Dean says, hey. (laughs) Dean says, hey, don't look at me. It was his idea. Cass gives Dean a look. Cass says to Raphael, where is he? Raphael says, God, didn't you hear? He's dead, Castiel. Dead. Cut back to Sam, cleaning up the bar after hours. Someone walks in, and Sam yells, bar's closed, but the person doesn't leave. It's the hunter, Tim. Tim says, is there something you want to tell me, Sam? Sam says, what? No. Tim says, you sure about that? Tim is all bloody, and Sam asks, are you okay? Where are Reggie and Steve? Tim says, oh, Steve's good. His uh, guts are laying roadside outside the Holly Five and Dime. The Holly Five and Dime. Sam says, I'm sorry. Tim says, sorry doesn't cut it, Sam. Sam says, what do you want me to say? Tim says, the truth. Okay, fine. Let me give you some of my own then. We go into town. We capture ourselves a demon and we get jumped by 10 more. Steve bought it. Sam says, I'm sorry. Tim says, saying it twice. Don't make it so, Sam. But you see this demon, he told us things. Crazy things. Things about you, Sam. Sam says, demons lie. Tim says, yeah, I'm going to ask you one last time. The truth. Now. The door opens and one of Tim's hunters comes in holding Lindsay at knife point. Lindsay says, what's going on? Cut back to Dean. Raphael says, there is no other explanation. He's gone for good. Cass says, you're lying. Raphael says, am I? Do you remember the 20th century? Think the 21st is going to be any better? 
You think God would have let any of that happen if he were alive? Dean says, oh, yeah, well, then who invented the Chinese basket trick? You're going to learn what the Chinese basket trick is and the interesting facts. Okay. I can't wait to hear you say it. <laughs> oh, no. Are you going to make me read something dirty? <laughs> oh, no. Yep. <laughs> I always, like, I've heard, I've heard the name before, but for some reason, every time I hear it, because I don't know what it is, like, I always think of the Chinese finger trap for some oh, reason. Yeah. You know, where you put it, it's like, is it like the basket weave stuff that you just like, right. you know, you pull your fingers and you can't get out? But yeah, this is not that. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> Raphael says, careful. That's my father you're talking about, boy. Dean says, yeah, he would be so proud to know that his son started the friggin' apocalypse. Raphael says, who ran off and disappeared? Who left no instructions and a world to run? Dean says, so daddy ran away and disappeared. He didn't happen to work for the post office, did he? <laughs> Raphael says, this is funny to you. You're living in a godless universe. Dean says, and what, you and the other kids just decide to throw an apocalypse while he's gone? Raphael says, we're tired. We just want it to be over. We just want paradise. Dean says, so what, God dies and makes you the boss, and you think you can do whatever you want? Raphael says, yes, and whatever we want, we get. Thunder crashes and blows in the windows. Cut back to Sam. He says, let's just take it easy, okay? Put the knife down. So the dude puts the knife on the counter, but keeps a hold of Lindsay. Sam says, it's true. What the demon said, it's all true. Tim says, keep going. Sam says, why? Are you going to hate me any less? Am I going to hate myself any less? What do you want? Tim says, I want to hear you say it. Sam says, I did it. I started the apocalypse. We cut back to Dean. Cass says, if God is dead, why have I returned? Who brought me back? Raphael says, did it ever occur to you that maybe Lucifer raised you? Cass says, no. Raphael says, think about it. He needs all the rebellious angels he can find. You know what adds up. Cass says, let's go. Raphael says, Castiel, I'm warning you. Do not leave me here. I will find you. Cass says, maybe one day, but today you're my little bitch. Dean says, what he said. <laughs> and they leave. That's pretty badass for Cass. I know. That's like, that's a high insult for yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> it is. We cut back to Sam. Tim holds up a vial of blood. Sam asks, what's that? Tim says, what do you think it is? Sam says, get that thing away from me. Tim says, away from you? Wrong. This is for you. Hell, if that demon wasn't right as rain. Down the hatch, son. Sam says, you're insane. Tim says, look, here's what's going to happen. You're going to drink this, hulk out, and you're going to waste every one of those, de those demon scum that killed my best friend, or she dies. The hunter holding Lindsay handcuffs her to the bar. Sam says, you wouldn't do that. Tim says, it's funny how watching your best friend die changes that. Come on, you know you want it, Sam. Just reach out and take it. Then the, uh, <laughs> then the other hunter tackles Sam and they fight. Tim joins in. They force the demon blood into Sam's mouth. Then they finally let him go. The guy says, there. Was that really so bad? Sam spits into Tim's eyeball. And then they all fight again. He spits out the blood. But it was just a tiny little thing. I don't think it was the whole vial of blood. It didn't even look like blood. I mean, it looked, like, dark, but... It was, was just a little... Yeah. There was hardly any. Certainly yeah. not a vial's worth. No. So I think he really did swallow most of it. Or some of it, at least, mm -hmm. yeah. So Sam almost kills Tim with a knife, but he looks at Lindsay instead. She looks pretty upset, so Sam lets Tim go. Sam says, go. The other says, don't think we won't be back. Sam says, don't think I won't be here. <laughs> 
The two hunters leave. So we cut to Dean and Cass driving and baby. Dean says, hey, man, you okay? Look, I'll be the first to tell you that this little crusade of yours is nuts. But I do know a little something about missing fathers. Cass says, what do you mean? Dean says, I mean, there were times when I was looking for my dad when all logic said that he was dead. But I knew in my heart that he was still alive. Who cares what some ninja turtle says, Cass? <laughs> what do you believe? Cass says, I believe he's out there. Dean says, good, then go find him. Cass says, what about you? Dean says, what about me? I don't know. Honestly, I'm good. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I am. I'm really good. Cass says, even without your brother? Dean says, especially without my brother. I mean, I spent so much time worrying about the son of a bitch. I mean, I've had more fun with you in the past 24 hours than I've had with Sam in years. And you're not that much fun. It's funny, you know. I've been so chained to my family. But now that I'm alone, hell, I'm happy. Dean looks over to Cass, but he's disappeared. I'm pretty sure he's lying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. I think so, too. They're never happy when they're apart. I know. I think maybe Dean is, like, just not seeing the whole picture. Like, I think he's relieved that he's not having to worry about Sam. But that feeling can only last for so long. Well, and I think he's more relieved that he doesn't have to actively be watching out for it. Like, he's probably still worrying about him, but he's more relieved that he can, like kind of, like, not worry about him so much because he's not right there. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, cut to Sam asleep in bed. Jessica says, Sam. He wakes up and she's laying in bed with her back to him. He leans over and kisses her neck. She turns over and says, so this is your life now? You think you can just live forever with your head buried in the sand? Sam says, I love you, Jess. God knows how much. I miss you, too. But you're wrong. People can change. There's reason for hope. She says, no, there isn't. Sam is sitting on the side of the bed with his back to Jessica. Her face slowly melts into Nick, possessed by Lucifer. Sam doesn't see this. Sam says, how can you be so sure? And Lucifer says, because you freed me. Sam turns around and sees Lucy. He's like, what? And he's understandably freaked out. <laughs> Lucy says, that's right. You know who I am. Sam says, Lucifer. Lucy says, you are a hard one to find, Sam. Harder than most humans. I don't suppose you'd tell me where you are. Sam says, what do you want with me? Lucy says, thanks to you, I walk the earth. I want to give you a gift. I want to give you everything. Sam says, I don't want anything from you. Lucy says, I'm so sorry, Sam. I really am. But Nick here is just an improv improvisation. <laughs> Plan B. He can barely contain me without spontaneously combusting. Sam asks, what are you talking about? Lucy says, why do you think you were in that chapel? You're the one, Sam. You're my vessel, my true vessel. Sam says, no. Lucy says, yes. Sam says, no, that'll never happen. Lucy says, I'm sorry, but it will. I will find you, and when I do, you will let me in. I'm sure of it. Sam says, you need my consent? Lucy says, of course, I'm an angel. Sam says, I will kill myself before letting you in. Lucy says, I'll just bring you back. Sam, my heart breaks for you. The weight on your shoulders, what you've done, what you still have to do, it's more than anyone could bear. If there was some other way, but there isn't. I will never lie to you. I will never trick you. Uh -huh. I know. Right? <laughs> sure. Right? But you will say yes to me. Sam says, you're wrong. Nick says, I'm not. I think I know you better than you know yourself. Sam says, why me? Lucy says, because it had to be you, Sam. It always had to be you. Sam looks down, and when he looks back up, Lucy is gone. And credits. Uh, okay, I don't have a ton of thoughts on this one. Okay. But first thought, 
his sideburns are still awful. Yeah. Oh, they're just yeah. I think I think just this season they start to get awful. Ugh, it's like I don't like it. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> it's just so bad. I don't know. It, I, I think it, at the time it was like the trend. I don't know. I don't remember. I, mean, I remember sideburns being that those kind of sideburns being trendy. So I think that's just the, yeah. the year that it was. I'm guessing, see, what year would that have been? This is season five. They started in 2005, yeah. So, like, 2010. 2010. I don't think I knew very many people that were able to grow facial hair at that point. (laughs) 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 I I would have been a senior in high school. Yeah. Like... There were some people that could, but usually the the few that could grow facial hair like grew in their facial hair all the way because they're proud of themselves. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I never really experienced the whole like sideburn trend because nobody was able to do yeah. them. <laughs> I was twenty eight working at Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, my store actually didn't have very many boys working. There'd be like one or two at a time, and that is it. Yeah. So, um, except for managers, there always seem to be enough boy managers. Mm-hmm. Um, Go figure. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that there was a lot of facial hair going on with those people either. So I think yeah. I just noticed like current TV shows, that oh, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I really watched much. I didn't have time to watch much TV. Yeah. When I was in high school, all the, you know, sports and, you know, school and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, Okay. One thing that confuses me about this episode is when they shove the demon blood down, or they try and shove the demon blood down his throat. Mm -hmm. Like, clearly he either swallowed some of it, or he, like, they missed him, or it just didn't look like that, or it wasn't really that much, and so when he spit it out, and it kind of did, like, spray when he spit it out, so it's not like... See, I've, I really felt that he spit a little tiny bit of it out. Yeah, but, but I had remember to thinking swallowed, that, too. Had to but... swallow the rest. I remember thinking, well, that wasn't a vial full. No. So. But also, do we know if they spill any? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think, yeah. oh my god, I have a hair on my face, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the glasses are gone, folks. <laughs> uh, it's probably cat hair. It is. I see it. Those things are super fine, and they stick to, like, everything. <sighs> so much better. They're now. so obnoxious. I get them, like, we- like, they weave their way through my eyelashes sometimes, and it drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. like, Sammy didn't hulk out even a bit. Like... Well, he, he doesn't really hulk out when he drinks it. It's no, just only when but, he's, like, trying to exercise a demon that he, he really... But he still has more strength. up. Yeah. But, like, he didn't seem to have any more strength than what he would have normally. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, even if he didn't swallow any of it, like, it was still in his mouth. Right. So, like, this is just a weird... (laughs) 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 I'm listening to myself. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, what's happening? (laughs) Oh. Anyways, I just got it. some of that would, like, get into his system, you know? Yeah. And, like... I think it did, and I, I... I don't, I just don't think either it wasn't enough for him to hulk out. Yeah. Or he just, I'm still thinking about <laughs> spitting and swallowing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, man. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have another thought? 
<laughs> okay, my only, my last thought. It, it, so, um, when Raphael said that, like, whatever, whatever we want, we get. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, I had just seen an episode of Glee where they play the song Diva by Beyonce. Oh, yeah. A mm-hmm. diva is the female version of a hustler. You know, and mm-hmm. so I was just like, when he said that, like, that started playing through my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, you little diva. That's <laughs> you know, funny. Like, Whatever we want, we get. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, those are my only my only thoughts. Um, what was your favorite moment or moments? I have two favorite moments. Mm-hmm. The first one was when Dean was like, don't zap me. Last time you did, I didn't poop for a week. <laughs> So that I was like, one of mine. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> and um, the other one was basically Castiel, the whole strip club shebang. Yeah. <laughs> that was just hilarious. That was pretty good. Yeah, and I really, I mean, obviously we know that Misha Collins can act, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have to have much range as Castiel. No. You know what I mean? So yeah. to see him pulling these, like, expressions where he looks terrified, like, terrified or confused, I yeah. was just, I was pleased that he got to have those emotions because mm-hmm. Cass doesn't generally show those kind of facial expressions. No, not you. Well, well, not yet. Yeah. He does tend to have more emotions later on. Yes. But but so far. So, so far, he's yeah. pretty much like. Pretty stoic. A blank slate. Yeah. Like, there's not much happening there. <laughs> yeah. So just how terrified he was in the strip club was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think my favorite was the, you know, I didn't poop for a week thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> when Dean's like, let me tell you something. There are two things I know for certain. One, Bert and Ernie are gay. Two, you're not going to die a virgin. Not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he was... So very certain that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And even when he was so very certain and, like, set up everything, it still didn't work out. It didn't work out. Nope. Cass just doesn't have um, much luck with the ladies. He's he's a little bit of an He just has no experience, I guess. No, I mean, he doesn't. Which, okay, fine. But also, it's kind of like, eh. You yep, know? yep, yep. Um, so, our interesting facts from this episode... Um, it says when Castiel is hesitant about going t- um, with the stripper, Dean says Deanu, um, which is a Hebrew word. It is the name of a very famous Passover song of giving thanks. In this context, it roughly means be grateful God- to God for these gifts. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> basically, Dean, bow down to me. Yeah. <laughs> and Cass would have gotten it because Cass speaks Hebrew. That's right. Um, among other things. but <laughs> um, It says Sam and Dean share no scenes in this episode. That's sad. Is this one of the only ones that... I don't know. I don't think it's happened yet. So Probably not. I'm sure that... You know, I'm trying to think through. And I'm sure it... There's a lot of scenes that they don't share, but I don't know how many episodes they don't share a scene the entire episode. Yeah. I can't think of another one. There must be at least one more. There's probably got to be something. Or else they would say, this is the only one. Right, right. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, So, in a deleted scene for this episode, Sam and Lindsay had sex. Yeah, I just don't see how... I'm glad they cut that. I am too. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter how... How could they... Sam wasn't interested enough for that to be. Mm Mm-mm. So... Granted, that could be how they cut it, because they wanted to get rid of that scene, and so they got rid of all the interest. That's true. But, as it stands, Mm -hmm. it would have been a horrible addition. (laughs) Yeah, It wouldn't have worked. It just wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Um... Okay, it says the actress who plays Chastity also plays Lust in the season three episode, The Magnificent Seven. That's the one with the she seven was, deadly sin. And they demons. made him drink the bleach, right? Yes. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. 
I I don't remember, like, I can't call up her face from that, but I do remember this scene. Yeah. Um, So it says, Dean cites the Chinese basket trick as proof of God's existence. That trick is a sex act depicted in ancient Chinese watercolor paintings and sexual manuals. I was like, I thought it was like, I don't know, whatever, I can't read. And it says, it involves a supine male, which, so, face up. Um, (laughs) Just for the people who aren't anatomically versed (laughs) (laughs) and a woman suspended in a crotchless basket by a strong rope that seems dangerous attached to a springy tree branch (laughs) i like that it's got to be outside (laughs) (laughs) like what the woman proceeds to spin rather than uh, spin around you're gonna break something whether it's him or you something's gonna break (laughs) And let's be real. What if the branch snapped? <laughs> what are you going to do? Know. You snap that branch and then you snap his twig. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, like, no, you're right. That's probably what's going to happen. Like, ugh. You know. That's a lot of bow breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Too many limbs breaking. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I feel like. That's one of those things that there's just too much margin for error and want to even go there. You I know. know. Like, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like. That doesn't sound that great to me. <laughs> no, that sounds like a terrible idea. Like, also, crotchless basket. So literally it sounds like a kitty swing with a hole cut out of the bottom <laughs> that you get. I don't even know. Like they must. How do they measure that too? Like, how much work does this take? Okay, let me just think through this real quick. So, you got the guy laying down on the ground, yeah. So, right. Okay, so you have to like, you have to, you'd have to measure like how far like his hips come off of the ground. Right. Tie a rope in a basket accordingly. Yes. With taking into account the bend of the tree branch because it's bouncy it's not sturdy it's right, bouncy right. so <laughs> you have to take into the account the weight of the person in the basket the length of the basket and then the length of the rope and then how to yeah no that's way too complicated i know i would be like okay like listen not that i'm ever going to try any of this but <laughs> <laughs> i would be way too focused on like what the heck am i doing to be worth anything. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I'd be like, somebody's gonna die today. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody's gonna get seriously broken. <laughs> and it's probably gonna be you, sir. Yep. <laughs> Possibly this tree. Yeah. But, or, you know, both. But, oh, oh, nope. You can just take those interesting facts right back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. It's too much. Oh, anyways. Okay. So our research from this week is off of learnreligions.com. It says how to recognize Archangel Raphael. Um, So it's signs of Angel Raphael's presence. Okay. Uh, Where's the beginning? It says Archangel Raphael is known as the angel of healing. He works to heal people's minds, spirits, and bodies so they can enjoy peace and good health to the fullest extent of God's will for them. When Raphael is around, you may experience many different signs of his compassionate care for you. Here are some signs of Raphael's presence when he is nearby. 
Um, it says, Raphael brings new information or ideas that promote healing. Um, Raphael often brings to mind fresh information or new ideas that you could use as valuable tools to pursue healing from whatever is ailing you, believers say. Um, in their book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Connecting with Your Angels. <laughs> there's a complete idiot's guide to everything. Yeah, or there's a pro- dummy's guide. Yeah. yeah, there's probably a dummy's guide to how to do that Chinese basket trick. <laughs> There probably is one somewhere. There probably is. Wow. <laughs> or at least some sort of... I, I don't want to do the research for that. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't want that in my search history. Yeah, no. Um, but it says in their book, The Complete Guides to Connecting with Your Angels, Cecily uh, Channer and Damon Brown write, except in situations where a person's death or illness is part of their overall divine plan, Archangel Raphael will energetically promote healing. Look for him to inspire you with... Well, my screen went blank. <laughs> Look for him to inspire you with sudden insights, giving you just the right information to help healing. Okay. Archangel Raphael frequently answers prayers by whispering suggestions that you hear as thoughts, feelings, dreams, and visions, writes uh, Doreen Virtue in her book, The Healing Miracles of Archangel Raphael. Um, when you get a strong hunch to take positive action, know that this is an answered prayer. Follow your hunches and they'll lead you to renewed peace. It says, Mary Lasota and Harriet Sternberg write in their book, um, Archangel Raphael, Loving Messages of Joy, Love, and Healing for Ourselves and Our Earth. That's a long that book title. That is way too long. Ugh, shorten that. <laughs> um, Raphael is known to grant petitions quite exp- <laughs> quite quickly. I can't say that word right now. <laughs> and he will guide you through the healing process. If the healing is for you, watch for some sign, a thought, idea, or inner message. If there's an underlying reason for the illness, such as hatred, for example, Raphael will in some way point this out to you. It may then be transmuted to... Transmuted to love. Mm. I think they meant transmitted. <laughs> I don't know. Or tra- I don't know. Transmuted doesn't seem... I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, forgetting my English language. It's probably true. It's okay. Um, uh, it says, maybe transmuted to love, thereby speeding up your recovery time. And there's a carton of eggs. <laughs> there's an ad, and I'm just, like, scrolling and scrolling through this carton of eggs. It's a very long picture. Mm-hmm. Um, not only will Raphael help you to figure out how to best pursue healing for yourself, but he will also guide medical professionals to make the right decisions about your care or the care of a loved one you're supporting in prayer. Uh, right, Lasota and Sternberg in the really long titled book. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole thing again. Um, Raphael feels partial to those in all healing professions and will in some way guide those individuals who are unsure about what directions to take for appropriate health care for their patients. Okay, also, just like, that's what your textbooks are for. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not sure. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> He will offer ideas for speedy healing and assist in a medical crisis by getting together the perfect team of professionals to work together. It says, Raphael has a sense of humor that people often notice when he communicates with them about healing insights, uh, writes virtue in the healing, in the healing miracles of Archangel Raphael. Uh, Raphael also shows a brilliant sense of humor in his displays of help. An example that always brings a smile to my face. So this is all a blog. I was like, hold yeah. on. I just like didn't get the, you know, third person, first person until like just now. Okay. Um, an example that always brings a smile to my face is uh, his habit of pushing books off shelves. Oh my god. That seems kind of Okay, weird. as a former bookseller, fucking stop it. You know? Uh, also, like, 
I gotta pick that shit up. <laughs> I know, right? If you're gonna push it off the shelf for your giggles, at least pick it back up. You know. <laughs> Jeez, Raphael. But also, like, that's a common thing, apparently, for, like, people that have issues in their homes with, like, you know, ghosts or demons or whatever, you that's know? That's true. Like, to me, that's not a funny, like, sense of humor thing. That's kind of terrifying, you know? Like, it is. If all of a sudden my books were to just fly off my shelves, I'd be like, oh, no. I wouldn't think, oh, hey, that's a, an angel just giving me a laugh. Like, no. You know? That's not a laugh. <laughs> that's not a laugh. <laughs> um, it says many people, re- many people report finding healing books in their homes that they never bought or discovering ones in their shopping carts that they didn't place there. Um... It says, a fresh appreciation of nature. Uh, Whenever you notice the beauty of God's natural creation around you and sense an urge to take good care of it, Raphael may be be nearby, says believers. Say believers. Good grief. What is happening to me? Raphael is passionate about convincing people to pursue healing, not only for themselves, but also for the Earth's environment. Um, Richard Webster writes in his book, Raphael Communicating with the Archangel for Healing and Creativity. Another long one. That's long. Um, whenever you see anything particularly beautiful or striking in nature, you can, think, you can thank Raphael for looking after the planet. Tell him that you will do your part to make the world a better place for the present inhabitants and also for future generations. You might choose to do this by picking up some of the rubbish left behind by previous visitors or by tidying up an area that has been disturbed. You will feel Raphael's presence around you as you do this, and you will also feel good about doing something positive for the environment. You know, like... That's kind of nice. Honestly, if you feel good about doing something good, it's probably because you did a good thing. Right, exactly. (laughs) It says, uh, help healing broken relationships. Another sign of Raphael's presence with you is guidance that you receive about how to heal and restore relationships that you have with others that have become broken, believers say. Um... It says, the way that Raphael often chooses to help heal your relationships is by encouraging you to communicate your feelings fully to other people. Um, Right, Linda and Peter Miller Russo in their book, Dreaming with the Archangels, a spiritual guide to dream journeying. (laughs) Wow, okay. Why are they all so long? (laughs) Raphael will help you move from repression of your feelings to the full, honest, and complete expression of your... Wait, hold on. Of your reactions to life. Until you allow yourself to unwind your repressions, you will be unable to connect to your deeper feeling nature. Raphael will assist you with this by gently nudging you to express your true feelings to yourself and those around you. This will increase the level of communication within your relationships, bringing you closer to those you love, to God, and to yourself. Um, And then it says, green light. It says, you may see a green light in the air around you when Raphael is visiting you, say believers. (laughs) Okay. I'm thinking of the northern lights right now. Oh, really? <laughs> That's just kind of like, oh, green light. Oh, northern lights. Anyways, uh, squirrel. Um, it says, because his energy corresponds to the green electromagnetic frequency on the angel light rays. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know. Okay. Um, also, folks, take all of this worth a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says, he surrounds and nurtures people with the emerald green light of healing. Um, right, Cecily Channer and Damon Brown in The Complete Idiot's Guide to Connecting with Your Angels. <laughs> That's my favorite title. I know, right? <laughs> um, in The Healing Miracles of Archangel Raphael, Virtue writes that Raphael is eager to show you signs of his presence so you may see his aura's light quite clearly after calling on him. Anytime you call upon Raphael, he's there. The healing archangel isn't shy or subtle in announcing his presence. He wants you to know that he's with you as a way of comforting you and alleviating stress along your way to a healthy recovery. 
He shines so brightly that people can see flashes or sparkles of his emerald green light with their physical eyes. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> and a lot of freaking long book titles. Yeah, like, that was pretty amazing. <sighs> <sighs> but anyways, that's, um, you know. That's how you some... know Raphael is close to you. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It all sounded pretty positive. I mean, aside from the the book flinging. <laughs> yeah. That, that just irks my tater. That just seems annoying, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to deal with things want, flying around and have to pick up after you. Right. Like, no matter what it is you're flinging around, like, don't do it. You're either going to break something or somebody's got to follow you around and pick up all this crap. Like, it's not funny. It's not funny. I don't want more work to do. No. Like, okay, I'm having a, a, I'm having a flashback. So <laughs> then we had our foster kid. We took him into... A Borders, I mm-hmm. think, because Borders was still open at that point. It was either a Borders or a Barnes & Nobles, some bookstore. And there was these books that, it was like a kid's book that had, like, the little wheel on the bottom. It was like a truck or a car Oh, yeah, or something I know what you're like talking that. about. Um, and, you know, we were, he, he was kind of just, like, walking up and down the aisles with us. And then he really wanted this book. And it's like, we'd already bought, we'd already got, like, a big stack of books for him. And we're like, okay, you know, like, no, we're not going to get this one this time. Maybe next time or whatever, you know. And... <laughs> He, like, full-on through a hissy fit and starts grabbing them off the shelves because he wants them, right? So he's literally... And then I start, you know, grabbing them back from him and putting them back on the shelves. Yeah. And he gets to the point where literally he's just... Well, and then my mom, of course, at this time decides, I'm going to go to the checkout line and just I'll meet you up there once you take care of this. Like, oh, once you handle this. Nice. And I'm like... Wow. Oh, and so she left me with the stack. She has a stack of books, and she left me to go and start checking out. And I'm, you know, my 14-year-old self trying to chase this 2-year-old around, picking up all these books that he's, as he's, he's literally just taking his, you know, like in the movies where they just, like, fling all the stuff yeah. on the shelves. He's, like, sticking his arm in the shelf and just flinging all the books oh off the shelves. So I'm trying to, like, pick them up and be like, sorry. And he's screaming, of course, of bloody course. murder, like I'm killing him. And so I'm, like, literally, I had to, like, pick him up and tuck him under my arm like a football and, like, try and hold him up so he couldn't grab the books as oh I'm trying to lean God. down and put them back on the shelves. And, like, eventually that's what I had to do. I just had to hold him on, like, under my arm like a football and put all the books back on the shelves as he's also trying to reach the ones and, you know, flip them flip him down yeah and so i just walked up to the front of the store with him tucked under my arm like a football like full-on he's in airplane mode yeah <laughs> i'm just like okay holding him and i just walk up to the store with him and he just ah! sideways and it's just like oh. oh my god i can't believe your mom left you to deal with that that's bullshit i mean to be fair he wasn't doing the full freak out at that point oh okay but he was still like ripping books off the shelves going, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And he's starting to get frantic about it. And she's like, oh, well, you know, like, I'm going to go up here. Like, because at that point it wasn't bad, but still. like, And so I had to deal with that. So that was a little bit, whatever. That's It's fine. But (laughs) I'm just, like, flinging books off of shelves. Oh, don't you do it. Put it back, buddy. You know? Yeah, for real. (laughs) Too much cleanup and too much freaking out. But Well, thank you for putting the books back. You know what? I feel like I worked for long enough in clothing retail that, like, oh, I hated it. They would have, I worked in a clothing store, and they would have this scavenger hunt they would do throughout the mall that, like, people could come in and they get, like, a paper or whatever, and they have to go to the different stores. It's like, okay, get two people in your group with dresses on, like, trying on dresses or doing whatever. So, 
the store that I worked in was like a lot of homecoming dresses, prom dresses, that sort of stuff. Okay. And so they're all like kind of expensive and fairly nice. Like you don't want them crumpled in a heap on the floor. Right. And these kids, oh, drive me nuts. They would come in, take like 10 dresses off the shelves just because they could. Like they only had to get a picture in one, but they wanted to try all of them on. Mm -hmm. And then they would literally just like throw everything on the floor. So they'd like put one on, take it off, throw it in the corner of the floor. Put one on, take it off, throw it in the corner on the floor. And they'd go through, and so there'd, there'd be like three of them in stalls all next to each other. And so there'd be like 30 dresses just in heaps on the floor and oh, a bunch of hangers is. all over the place that you'd have to like go in and try and pick them all up and put all the straps on the thing. And it's just like, oh, That sounds awful. It was so obnoxious. I hated that. Okay, also just a flashback really quick. <laughs> I feel really bad that I just said your mom was bullshit. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't actually You think... didn't say she was bullshit. You said that was bullshit. Yes. Well, just in case you're listening, <laughs> Lynette. She's probably not going to I do, in fact, not think you're bullshit. <laughs> no. There could have been better planning. Right. You could have, you know, it could have, but, I mean, to be fair, he wasn't in full freakout mode. Yeah. Yet, no, so, no, no. I totally get it. Know. It makes more sense now. Oh, no. Yeah. It's all good. I didn't totally explain that clearly the first time. I think I kind of came across as like, he freaked out and she left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> Which that's my fault. Yeah, it's okay. But, all right. <laughs> um, oh, there's Steve. What do you have to say about that, Steve? As he. <laughs> oh, yeah? Is that what you have to say? What else? What else? Hey, excuse me. Steve. Excuse me, sir. He's ignoring us. The one time that he, like, doesn't talk is when you actually kind of want him to. (laughs) He just, he literally did, like, the silent meow. He just opened his mouth and went... (laughs) Oh, he's got his toy mouse up there. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll stop bugging (laughs) you. he just pushed off the ledge. I didn't do it. You know, okay, here's how we know that the world is not flat. You know how we know? It's because cats would have pushed everything over the edge at this point. That is entirely true. <laughs> you are so right. Like, everything would be off the earth. That's because right. Cats, because cats are cats. Big and small alike. Like, yep. they would have just shoved it right over the edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he literally just flung it on the floor so then that way he could lay down and not be disturbed by its presence. <laughs> like, He's looking for it now, though. He's got his eyes down there like, can He's I see like, it? come back up here can right I there. Can see yeah. it? <laughs> but... Anyways, um, so what is your idget or aspect moment from this? Okay, movie? this actually happened to me a while ago. Um, it was at Eric's uh, work holiday party. And um, I'm normally pretty anxious during these events because, I mean, Eric is a manager and he's got this whole team under him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to not look like a idiot in front of his team and stuff. So, yeah. Um, so we go, it's a, it's a fancy dress. I was like cocktail dresses, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, we went to this really cool venue. I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to ask what it was. It's like five different huge rooms and in every room there was like food and open bar and all this stuff. Oh, and, cool. um, uh, so he was just introducing me to a lot of people and, um, one of the guys was there the guy worked there. He brought his wife with him, who was very pregnant. Mm-hmm. And we sort of bonded. His wife wasn't, like, hanging out with us mm-hmm. when I was talking to this guy. And he, but he was telling me and Eric about his, like, wife's pregnancy cravings. So then I was telling him about my pregnancy cravings. Mm-hmm. And it went, it went like, really smooth. It wasn't an awkward conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, we were sitting at a table with 
them and a bunch of other people and Eric had decided that he it was time to go. You mm-hmm. know, we'd been there for an hour and Eric was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. <laughs> so we get up to leave and we Eric kind of stops close close to this guy who had the wife. I don't know his name or anything. Mm-hmm. Um the pregnant wife. Um and he's saying goodbye to somebody and the guy looked at me and he was like, oh, it was really nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, you too. And I went up to him and I held up my hand and we shook hands. <laughs> <laughs> and then I scurried away because I felt like a friggin' idiot. What, like, what happened? I mean, that's not an abnormal thing to do, though. When you're saying goodbye? Yeah. I think it is. Oh, I do it like all the time. Okay, to be fair, like it's usually... Like, when I take my, um, like, clients up to the front desk or whatever, and it's like, oh, you know, and I don't ever initiate it, but a lot of people actually do. It's like, they're like, oh, thanks, goodbye, whatever, and they, like, shake your hand. I guess. That makes me feel a little bit better. But it was really awkward, because, like, I was kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, bye, and, like, coming at him, and, like, he just kind of looked like, what are you about to do? (laughs) And I just stuck my hand out, and, yeah, Yeah. and it was just like, and we kind of, like, shook, but, like, bowed our heads at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, we, like, shook and was like... (laughs) You know, like, <laughs> like, like the little like, okay, we're doing this little bow thing. Yeah, now, it was yeah. super awkward. Both of us were just like, I don't know what life is right now. Yeah. So anyways, I just felt really dumb. Like I'm going to be thinking about it in 30 years, probably. It's one of those like, oh, I can't believe I did that moment. You know? yeah. See, I don't think that's that weird. Like, okay. that a lot of people shake hands to say goodbye. I think. Okay. I don't know. Folks out there. Email us. <laughs> Email and us, tell us and let me what know. You think because... Was I super awkward? Should Eric be embarrassed of me? <laughs> I don't think he should be embarrassed of you at all. Mm-hmm. However, I, you know, like some people might think it's a little awkward, but I don't think it's awkward. Okay, I feel like in a business setting, yeah, that it's it not is his awkward. Work party, or yeah, people that he that's works true. With, that's you know? true. I was kind of worky. Okay, yeah. All right. I mean. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Okay, I feel a little bit better now. I'm glad I told you that story. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of times actually now that I'm like thinking of it, like going to parties and meeting people, and then like when you leave, shaking hands and stuff to like say because it's like normally when you leave and you know somebody, right? You give them a hug before you leave, right? Like the equivalent of that to like like that goodbye when you don't know somebody very well is a handshake i guess you're right okay it just it just seems super awkward maybe it's because we both kind of like bowed our heads we didn't know what to do at the time yeah we were just like uh, okay i mean it's better than walking up to him and hugging him and then leaving yeah that would have been totally whack <laughs> that i would have been a little concerned about yeah. the uh the handshake though is yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. All. <laughs> all right. What was your agent or asset moment? <sighs> okay. So, uh, we just had dinner not that long ago, and it was freaking hot. Okay. Like, I we got we ordered pizza, pizza, and we, you know, they like, okay, the pizza place is all of, like less than 10 minutes down the road from where I live. So we order pizza and they bring it over and there was no other stop because they have the little like tracking thing where you can like watch them drive in their car. Oh, on yeah. the way. And so there was no stopping. It just came straight from there to here. And, you know, so we get the pizza, we put it out on the counter, all that sort of stuff. We open up and we're trying to like take pieces out and it is 
hot. Like, and the pizza getting, that's not like it wasn't like cut all the way through at the end. So you had yeah. to like grab two pieces and, and physically like, rip pull them it apart. apart. Yeah. And like the sauce was getting on your fingers and burning. Like my hand still kind of hurts. Like yeah. I don't have any marks or anything from it. But good grief, like. That was freaking some hot tomato sauce, you yeah, know? Yeah, it was. It was super hot. Yeah, okay. And so one of them was on a precarious part of the counter, but I'm like, okay, it'll be fine. And so I, I try to pull apart this pizza, and it was hot, and I couldn't get it apart. So, of course, I kind of, like, yank it and to try and, like, get it apart without, like having it touch my hand for too long. Right. Which then takes the entire pizza, <laughs> flips the box upside down, and we lost three of the eight pieces of pizza to the floor. That's Because right. the whole thing just collapsed. And so part of it didn't touch the floor. It was still, like, in the box because it kind of, like, slid out sideways almost. Yeah. But, like, it landed soft side down, folks. So, like, who knows what it picked up. So we had to throw away, like, half of the pizza. I know. Because I was an ass butt and didn't, like... Cool it down, or even better, just get a knife, cut it the rest of the way. Ah, that thought never even crossed my mind. It just now crossed my mind. (laughs) I was picking up or throwing the the floor pizza away and totally burned my thumb. Yeah, it was hot. I can't believe how hot it was. Like, good grief. That's it. Like, they gotta be careful with that. Like, I don't know. I think they must, like, leave it out for a little while. They don't just take it straight from the oven and put it in the box. Like, that would be way too much. Yeah, I have no idea. You would think, because people get burned all the time if they did that. Yeah, well, maybe it normally takes longer to drive to places. I don't know I what I'm talking does. about. They usually probably, like, stop at a couple of different places, yeah. so. Yeah. I don't know. It was. It was fucking hot. It was a lot, and my fingers kind of hurt still. Yeah. But it's fine, whatever. So I was an ass, but they were idiots for giving it to us so hot, and I was an ass, but for dumping our dinner on the floor. <laughs> they should have known that we are clumsy. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like in those sorts of instances, like, in instances, <laughs> just assume the worst of people. Assume that they're going to be klutzes and, like, do something stupid with it. Is Domino's the one that has the delivery insurance? Have you seen those commercials? They do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we could have been like, hey. Listen, it was too hot. We tried to pull it apart. It wasn't cut, and it fell all over the floor, and now we only have... A one and a half pizzas, you I know. know. Like, we, we had enough food. We ordered oh, we totally two pizzas had enough food. and breadsticks. You know, and then, you know, but we want to have some for breakfast tomorrow mm-hmm. and leftovers and all that sort of stuff. So, <sighs> whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it's all right. We had enough pizza. We had enough pizza. I was just mad that I dumped. It's just such a waste of food. Just dumping it on the floor. Right, just like, yeah. oh, it's hot. Throw the whole thing on the ground. Like, clearly that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> but... It's okay. Anyways, it's fine. That's all right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.